the Bible Study Podcast, episode 225. Today, the Bible Study Podcast wraps up a study on freedom. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I feel like the storyteller who says, I told you that story so I could tell you this one. One of the reasons that I wanted to do a study on freedom is because of the story that we're going to talk about today. And this is the story of Paul and Silas in Philippi. And this is part of Paul's second missionary journey, or what we call Paul's second missionary journey. The first one, he goes off with Barnabas. And the second one, he goes off with Silas. And this is a story that I find particularly useful as I do prison ministry, as I do ministry in juvenile hall, and see if you can figure out why this is a story that I like to tell to the kids at juvenile hall. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison door open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, Release those men. The jailer told Paul, The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escort them out from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. 
So if you look at the letter to the Philippians, it is written to this particular church. And this is a church that is founded, or at least has a significant episode here that is recorded in the book of Acts, and this is Acts 16. Now, what does this have to do with freedom? And I see a couple different things, at least three different things that have to do with freedom in this particular passage, although the word is not used. So first of all, it is interesting to note that this whole thing starts because of money. There's this girl who is possessed by a demon who is following after Paul and Silas, and she is saying who they are. They are servants of the Most High God, and they're telling you the way to be saved. And finally, Paul, out of annoyance with her, it seems to say, turns around and drives out the demon. But the problem is, even though the woman is now free, even though she has been possessed by a demon and is now set free, there's a problem because she was able in some way to predict the future, or at least her owners were able to sell that she was able to predict the future. And so now that she is in her right mind again, now that she is free of this demon possession, they have a problem because they've lost their ability to make money. So at this point, they're saying her freedom is less valuable than their money. She's a slave. That's the way you treat slaves. At least that's the way they do. So that's the first thing about freedom, but it's the second one that is the one that's the most interesting. So Paul and Silas, the crowd is stirred up, and Paul and Silas are beaten and thrown into prison. They're severely flogged, it says. And the jailer is commanded to guard them carefully. Well, you don't really have to command the jailer to guard them carefully. One thing that we need to understand is in Roman law, and Philippi is a Roman outpost. So the people that are mentioned in this story, unlike so many others, it doesn't talk about the Jewish believers. And if you look in this section of Acts, that's mainly the problem that Paul has, is that he'll go into the synagogues, he'll preach, some people will believe, and others will oppose him, and then he has problems with the Jewish people who don't believe in him. But Philippi is a Roman colony, and so what we deal with here is we're dealing with Romans and Roman citizens. There are three things you should know. One is, if you're a Roman leader, probably the worst thing you can do is you can lose control of the crowd. You can have this sort of kerfuffle going on. So Rome likes things to be neat and orderly. The second thing is, the law is that if this jailer should lose a prisoner, then he will be subject under the law to whatever that prisoner's sentence was. So they don't even necessarily need to tell him to guard them carefully. Although we should point out that Paul and Silas have not actually been sentenced. In fact, they haven't been tried, and that's going to be a problem later on in the story because they are Roman citizens. What has just happened here is a violation of Roman law. Now, it doesn't matter if it was a violation of something else. We see in Jesus' case, for instance, as he is has charges trumped up against him, that there's all sorts of things that are violated in terms of Jewish law. It doesn't matter because the Romans were the ones who were in charge at that point. Here in Philippi, the Romans are in charge, and this is a violation of Roman law, and somebody's going to get in trouble. So Paul and Silas are wrongly accused and punished without even a, a trial for doing something good, all right? 
I don't know how you would feel if that happened to you, but I suspect your reaction, like mine, would not be to find ourselves in a dungeon, in the stocks, singing. But that's where we find Paul and Silas. And there's this great little underspoken passage here, starting in verse 25, about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. You think? This is something that doesn't normally happen. The other prisoners are probably astonished. The other prisoners are so astonished, they are so surprised, they are so intrigued, they are so curious that an earthquake comes, it opens all the chains, it opens all the doors, everyone is now free, they are free to leave. The jailer wakes up and he's about to kill himself because he knows that he is guilty of letting them go if they leave and he's going to suffer whatever consequences are due. If there's one person in there under a capital offense, he will die. And so he's about to kill himself and Paul says, don't alarm yourself. We are all here. Now, this is the part of the story that I love to tell to people who are in juvenile hall because as you can imagine their focus being inside of the legal system being inside of jail is getting out everything will be solved if they can just get out life is not good in here but it will get better if they get out their number one priority and probably the number one priority that they come to Bible study for is they think it might help them get out, or at least a number of them. I'd say about half are thinking that prayer is some sort of magic. If I look like I'm confessing or maybe if I make a deal with God or maybe just natural repentance, a whole variety of things going on. But their number one focus is getting out and everything will be better if I get out. And For many of them, that's not true. If they get out, they'll end up back in the same situation they found themselves that ended them up in juvenile hall, back into addiction to drugs, back into a family situation that that has led them here, back into the gang that led them here, back into a situation that isn't good. So it isn't necessarily true, but that's definitely what they're feeling. And I think it's safe to say that that's probably how these prisoners felt also, who found themselves here in the dark in a dungeon. Their chains are off, the door is open, and none of them leave. They are offered their freedom, or at least the chance to run away, the chance to escape from this situation, and none of them leave. Because these two guys who are sitting here praying and singing hymns in the dark with wounds fresh on their back. Remember the jailer, one of the first things he does is he tends to their wounds. They're bleeding and they're singing and all of the prisoners, it says, are watching. And there is something about these two and what they have that is more attractive than the open door. Somehow, what these two have here locked up in the dark is more freedom than freedom. They are more liberated in chains than most people are free. And so the prisoners don't go anywhere. And the jailer is changed by his encounter with them too. And he himself says too, then what do I need to do to be saved? 
this incredible role reversal here where he is now servant and where he is now looking to them where they have just saved his life because something is going on here that is different. Something is going on here that is more important. And he and his whole household then also find freedom in Christ through the witness of these two who were in chains, they are beaten, they are flogged, and yet they remain free. With that, we're going to end this study on freedom. I challenge you that that is the faith that we are called to. We are called to a faith that is contagious. We are called to a faith that is joyful. As I said, we're probably going to take a month off here in August as I take a little sabbatical from the Bible Study Podcast. If you have thoughts of what we should do when the Bible Study Podcast returns, feel free to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. As always, thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.